for me personally working with the goddess working with la diosa for me was a moment of realizing that there was a divine face of god that there was a feminine divine face and that in that i could reclaim some of that worthiness hello everyone welcome to radically loved radio i wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired get motivated or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, I've been so excited to tell you about my latest obsession. I recently got a tonal installed in my new Zen Den and I know those of you that follow me on Instagram know how excited I am. Tonal is a smart at-home gym that replaces every machine in the weight room and has personal training programs built in. Now, a lot of you know that I am a gym person. I like to go to the gym. I like to stay motivated uh, by watching other people work out, but that's currently not happening. And I've tried and tried for months to keep myself motivated. And when my friend told me about the tonal, I was a little bit apprehensive because I've tried things like this before, but there was nothing that compared to how tonal really adapted to me and my lifestyle. Once I did the strength assessment, it almost felt like the machine adapted to me and it made it super easy for me to follow workouts. There's four to six week programs that you can follow and there's all kinds of different workouts. There's high intensity training, guided programs, yoga, meditation, All these different types of programs to just meet your lifestyle and your needs. Tonal can help you gain strength and burn fat. It's such an easy and achievable way to get to the goals that you want. Currently, I'm in week three and I feel so much stronger than I did over the course of the last couple of months with me trying and failing to work out on my own. It's got a really sleek design and it looks like a TV on your wall, which to me is super important. It doesn't have any bulky weights or racks and you can put up to 200 pounds of resistance on this thing. It was wild. I know I tried it. I definitely couldn't move it, but I did <laughs> I did try it because I wanted to see how much resistance it gave me. Tonal also has an incredible online community on Facebook and really that's the only time I ever go on Facebook. It's such an incredible feeling to see how many people are actually coming together, talking about workouts. And it's just really great to see that we're all still here. Everybody still wants to be healthy. Tonal is offering our Radically Loved listeners a special offer. You can try Tonal for 30 days risk-free. Just visit www.tonal.com for $100 off the smart accessories when you use the promo code LOVED. That's L-O-V-E-D at checkout. Go to www.tonal.com, promo code LOVED. Tonal is here to help you be your strongest. And now back to our show. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I'm joined by a very special guest today who I have had to um, play Tetris with our schedule because we, you know, COVID 2020, and we're finally here together and via Zoom. And I'm just, I'm so excited to chat with her. Christine Gutierrez is a licensed therapist, self-esteem coach. She's an incredible inspirational speaker. And she just wrote a new book that I am just so excited to talk to you about. And I finished reading it back when I got it before our first original (laughs) interview. Um, But it's called I Am Diosa, A Journey to Healing Deep, Loving Yourself and Coming Back Home to Your Soul. And I am so excited to chat with you about it because there's so many things in there that I, as I was reading it, I just felt like you were talking directly to me. And I'm sure a lot of women who have read this or men even Mm -hmm. just with the experiences that you talk about and our ability to use the good and the bad in order to shape our journey and our uh, understanding of, of who we are at our core. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. And um, now is when I wish I had the clap track, but I don't because I'm not in the studio. I'm at home, but you know, we'll figure it out. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I selfishly, I have a whole list of questions like for the listeners, but I personally, of course, have my own questions and we'll, we'll start with listener questions first. Um, you know, what, what got you on, what was the pivotal moment that embarked you on this spiritual journey? Yeah. So I like to say that it started way in the beginning in my childhood. And I really do believe that that was where that seed was planted And I always felt this deep desire to heal, to help. And particularly, I felt deeply connected to human suffering and suffering in general and feeling like this child that was very sensitive and walked around with like this bleeding heart for the world and wanted to make a difference. And I remember, you know, like walking down the street in Bushwick in Brooklyn, where I grew up with my mom and asking her if I could talk to homeless people and uh, asking them their story. And I joked that I was like this baby therapist. And I remember specifically wanting to like make eye contact with every single person that I could that felt marginalized so that I would make them know that they were seen, that they were heard, that they were loved. And that's not very different than the work that I do today. It's all connected. And I've been following that inner soul call ever since I was young. And that transformed into studying uh, psychology and philosophy for my undergrad, and then getting my master's in mental health counseling with a focus on prevention and community, and ultimately going on this spiritual path that I merged with my modern therapeutic training. Yeah. And I... To me, this the whole idea of I'm Hispanic. So for me, the whole idea of, you know, going into this, embarking on this journey as um, an exploration of Diosa and, and what Diosa means, um, I think was absolutely um, so uh, enlightening, you know, yeah. just to, to learn about it. So what inspired you to make that the title of this book? Yeah, I mean, I 
had been working with the energy of La Diosa, the goddess, for years before the book. And I have been working in this field for about 10 years. Um, and so for me personally, working with the goddess, working with La Diosa, for me was a moment of realizing that there was a divine face of God, that there was a feminine divine face. And that in that I could reclaim some of that worthiness because there's something to be said about symbols and what that does to our subconscious. And so knowing that really empowered me in deep ways. And so as I went through that spiritual journey by myself, I also began sharing what I was learning as many of us healers are called to do. And for me arriving at the name, I am Diosa, although I had been using that as my brand and my work for so long, it wasn't easy to own that as my book title because I had a lot of different feelings around it. First mm. of all, one book that was going to be out there in the world. And I was like, what the heck do I name it? Like, do I go for that? Originally, the working title that landed me my book deal was The Soul Call. And mm. so there is a mention of The Soul Call in the book, and it's very in alignment with my work, it's not that it was so far into it, but it could have been something more aligned with your purpose in life or something like that. And so for me, I was also scared of the people that didn't speak Spanish. Although my community and who I serve is mostly Latinx, POC community, and like I say, white women that have gone through a lot of trauma that resonate with the POC experience. And so I was scared. I was like, what, you know, what happens if people don't know what it means and, yeah. you know, bugging out about that and really thinking about that. And I had to like, talk to my husband, talk to my best friends, talk to, you know, my book agent. And really it took me to the end of that journey right before I submitted the final pass of the book where I was like, fuck it. I'm going to name it. I am Diosa and own it. I'm going to do it. And, and really it was a coming to of my own cultural confidence of being like, it yeah. doesn't matter what anyone says, this is my work and this is going to resonate with who it's meant to resonate with. So it was also a deep moment for me too in owning that title. Yeah. Like it, it seemed like it must've been a really cathartic process in, in, in the journey of writing this. I, there's so many things that I, I think are important during this process of really excavating the things that keep us from getting to that place, even, even in that experience that you had, you're still doing that work, oh, right? Yeah. Um, right. I, I love that you talk about weighing both the good and the bad equally, right? In, in the process of our learning. I feel like in the spiritual community, we encounter a lot of spiritual bypassing, you know, with, with people just wanting to focus on the good. You want to sweep the bad under the rug. You don't want to talk about your trauma or you don't want to hear about somebody else's traumas because they're triggering and so on. So I want to just, this is my personal question. Like, what is your opinion about that? And how can we navigate through spiritual bypassing for ourselves, like to avoid doing that and actually going into a place of empowerment and doing the work? Yeah, I love that question. I mean, I'm like, girl, where do I start? I know. <laughs> like, I, there's so, there was such an emphasis on being positive. And while that is deeply important and is a part of my work, a lot of it was lacking meat and depth to the conversation. And so, for example, 
being happy all the time was this motto that was being spread, especially earlier on when I first got into the wellness kind of community. And I always felt there's something wrong or off about that, particularly mm. because my life experience was so different from that. Like it was so far fetched and having had an experience with trauma and early childhood abuse, and then, you know, perpetuating that cycle and going into abusive relationships that to me felt really unrealistic and also really discrediting to, to, it was minimizing my feelings and my experience of saying, well, you know, I have anxiety, I have PTSD, I am learning to uh, heal. And what I needed more than anything was a more human approach. And really as a therapist, what I saw that was missing was a, a validation of people's human emotions and the full spectrum of emotions, right? So like there is no bad or good emotion. There are more difficult emotions to process, of course. And it's about giving ourselves the space to be able to say, hey, I'm feeling bad. I'm having a shitty day. And for me, what's terrifying is, you know, having people read these books that are deeply suffering and how dangerous it is for them, not just like, oh, this is not a nice thing. It's dangerous, psychologically dangerous for people to read uh, books or read messaging that shares this overemphasis on, on positivity and an underemphasis on how the brain actually mm -hmm. works and how we need to own the depth of that journey. And so for me, it was really important to say to people, yes, of course, we want to be positive. Yes, of course, I use affirmations. Those things are all beautiful, but it cannot and it should not minimize the other conversation that's just as valid, which is that trauma takes time to heal, that there's layers of different kinds of experiences that you need to shed, that there's a process to this, that most healthy humans should have a good range of emotions, which is why it's terrifying for me when I meet like people that are in the yogi community and are like, just like using their very, you know, hello, nice to meet you. It's, it's fake. Yeah. So and, I fucking can't stand that. Just so you know, sorry. It's just no, not it, sorry. Yeah, it's like, it's not, and it's not that some people don't actually speak. That. If you actually speak that way, fine. But what ends up happening is that even their range in tone, tonality would become flat because they weren't allowing themselves to access their emotions. And what we know about our brain and how we heal is that we need to access and process those emotions in order for them to move through us. And so that was something that I knew I wanted to make sure that I highlighted in yeah. that I do. Yeah. And I think that you did a beautiful job. I mean, even going through and, and talking about the importance of the inner child, right? Like addressing the, the inner child and, and the work that happens in that process. Um, you know, it, it's such an interesting thing, just going back to what you said about that the yogi, you know, the whole idea of being in this space, because obviously that's my realm and, and that's where, where I live. And for the longest time, I had a difficult time uh, relating to that because I thought that that's what I needed to be. And it was so hard because it didn't reflect my experience, you know, and my own trauma and my own ability to, you know, aspire to be this thing, this, this person that I wasn't and that didn't feel congruent with my insides. Right. And so, and I feel like that's just for a lot of women, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be and to keep it together mm -hmm. and to 
sweep things under the rug and not deal because it, it, you know, it, it's frowned upon or we don't want to be looked at as, at, as the victim, you know, that, that kind of thing. So what do you say to women who are struggling right now and feel like they can't talk about their, they don't, they don't feel like their trauma is important or noteworthy because they don't want to be viewed as the victim. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think first of all, um, if you've gone through a traumatizing event and you were actually a victim of something, domestic violence, child, child um, abuse, then owning that you were a victim to someone else's dysfunction can be a really liberating thing. And so what's interesting is that again, and, and I use both terms, meaning I use the term victim in the sense of being an actual victim of a crime, right? And how that can be liberating. And then the more spiritual kind of lingo of, you know, this whole concept of not living as the victim, right? And so I, I added some depth to that. And what I added was, if you have been an actual victim of a crime, owning that liberates you. But living and staying, right, in that is not something that's going to be beneficial. But the energy and the approach of saying, like, just don't be a victim is a very condescending way to approach someone that actually has gone through that experience. And so it's a, it's a subtle but powerful shift in being able to say, yes, we want to go from, you know, not being stuck and being the creatrix of our life for sure. Right. Because especially if you've gone through something difficult, I believe that even more so we deserve to live an amazing life because you had your earlier uh, life robbed of you in some way because mm -hmm. of someone else's dysfunction. So I believe that it's our duty, right, to give ourselves that life back because we deserve it because we went through so much shit when we were younger. Might as well make use of that and create the life that you actually deserve, right? Yeah. Now, with that said, I like to say that more important than anything is validating those experiences. So that's kind of my uh, adding the depth to that conversation about that because I believe in both. We're not going to stay in it, but there's an energetic tone difference um, that's that's said in the way I say it and the way a lot of spiritual texts have uh, shared this message. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I think, and, and again, just going back to the book, I think you do a really great job at elaborating and, and going into those, um, those methods, you know, to, to go into a, a deeper place. Um, you, you talk about different types of modalities to work through trauma. You talk about aromatherapy, EFT, um, EMDR, mm -hmm. um, which I've, I've tried, um, how'd you like it? I, no, I haven't tried, uh, the rapid eye therapy, which I've, I've heard, uh, from many friends that I would really benefit from it, which I'm really, uh, I'm curious, you know, to, to have that experience. Um, but I really feel like these types of, uh, methods paired with doing that soul work um, paired with having a good support system yes. is really what sets the ground for that, that healing. And, and yeah, I'm just always in awe that we still encounter so much suffering, yeah. you know, even having all these tools and all of these things, you know, we still go into this dark place. 
Yeah, but some of us, you know, this is the thing, right? Like I tell people, I may be an energetic person. I'm aligned with my spirit, but I wouldn't say that I'm a happy all the time kind of person. I'm more deeply reflective. I, I'm more emotional, I would say. But the trick is being able to, A, accept who you are, accept the life that you were given, and even, you know, be, be loving and kind to the experiences you've gone through. Because if, especially if you've gone through a lot, right, you need to be even more gentle and understanding that your foundation was rocked, right? So you need time to build a healthier foundation. And that takes a lot of gentle loving. That takes a lot of therapy. It takes a lot of support. Like you said, it takes a lot of deep soul work. And, you know, it's important to know that it's always worth it, right? There's always, the point is that we become healthier and able to manage our emotions better, right? Not perfectly, better. And for me, that's important to remind myself as someone that has survived a lot of different traumas earlier on. I constantly have to remind myself, baby girl, you're doing a good job. And this is a mantra that I tell, you know, my clients all the time, like, baby girl, you're doing a great job. You're doing a good job because we forget that and we can be very hard on ourselves. So yes, and we can keep being kind to ourselves as part of the process and say, you know what, like I have come so far. I'm going to congratulate myself for where I am. This is a process and I will keep learning new tools. Like I'm doing EMDR for myself right now as well. And I can give you my contact um, afterwards and share the resource for it. But it's, it's important that we as healers, as holder spacers, you know, we're holding space for all of this healing that we're constantly saying, how can I nurture and allow myself to enjoy the life that I've created, right? So for me, where I'm at now is, I'm constantly, and I say this in the book, like, this is not a simple before and after, right? Like, I'm a living, breathing woman with a sea of emotions, right? I rise and fall like the tide. And so, therefore, that means that I'm, I'm allowing myself to constantly look at the places where I can deepen both my healing and my joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's a part of the process, too, is allowing yeah. us to experience joy. Yeah, no, I, I totally second that. You said that you work with a lot of women, a lot of Latinx women, uh, women of color. Um, What has been the biggest hurdle to overcome with therapy in in these these women? Yeah, I mean, so while I have that cap of being a licensed therapist, I kind of put it to the side and really stepped into being a spiritual guide so I had less parameters to do my work. And so I let my therapy inform my, obviously my, my healing work. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I find that's so powerful is that particularly in my Diosa retreats pre COVID when we were doing things in person, right? Yes. Uh, This would have been the ninth annual Diosa retreat. And it's, I joke that it's like a spiritual surgery. And in many ways, a lot of what was in that retreat is in this book. And that retreat allowed people to break it allowed people to have the space to not have to be so strong. And part of that healing is that they already had the medicine within them. And this is my belief with all my clients. They are strong, wise medicine women that already have it. They just need the space to freaking break and to share what's going on in their heart and what happened to them. Because a lot of them haven't had the time because they're so busy healing and getting ready to like thrive and get their degrees and do all these things despite what they went through. And so really what I do is become like this, you know, this mother, right? Like this, 
this holder of, and I, and I hold them and there's a lot of touch and love in, in the work that we do. And even if energetically, you know, we're not doing that in person right now, there's still an energy of that. And even in the yeah. book, there's an energy of I'm holding you. We're in this together. I have your back. And so I haven't really found any major, uh, kind of resistance or any issues really for me, it, it was this really effortless thing. And with my clients as well, that when they come to me, they're ready. And we make sure of that. Like the people that are attracted to my work are like, let's go, let's go deep. Let's do this. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously there's ups and downs in the healing process. There's relapse moments where you go back to the self-sabotage or that guy couldn't go back to And you're like, no, I shouldn't text him. And then you're lonely. You're like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> totally. Um, but, but they're willing and they keep allowing themselves to get back and to stay in that community is so big. And so that community aspect of my Diosa community is really big because they have a nurturing community beyond me that allows them to feel safe, to not be perfect, to mess up, to get back up again and and there's been much success. And now in doing this for over 10 years, I get to see the before and afters. The women that were crying that they could never have kids and never get married are like in happy, healthy relationships, not perfect, but healthy. And yeah. that is such a gift to be able to see that before and after. Wow. Oh, that makes me so, so happy. And yes, the the book does feel like I'm being held and, and I could, re- like I said, I felt like you were speaking directly to me. It really, really resonated with me. This episode is brought to you by Green Chef. What is Green Chef? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plants to fit every kind of lifestyle. Meal plans include paleo, plant-powered, which is my favorite, keto, and balanced living. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow lifestyles and select organic ingredients. One of my favorite things about Green Chef is that they do all the meal planning for you. They do the grocery shopping. All the recipes include pre-made measured sauces, dressings, and spices. Most of the prep is done for you week after week, and they also offer contactless delivery to your doorstep. Over the last couple of months, it's been such a huge help to not have to worry about going to the grocery store or finding new and fresh recipes to make. They're offering all of our listeners a special offer, $80 off of your first month plus free shipping. So to get your first box today, go to greenchef.com forward slash loved. That's L-O-V-E-D 80 to redeem and for more details. Go to greenchef.com forward slash loved to get $80 off of your first month plus free shipping. And now back to our show. Are you still working with people right now during COVID? Yeah, so I was earlier on, especially because there was so much mental health need. Yeah. I kind of did it uh, very low key. I didn't really public publicly share too much because yeah. I, knew I was working on the book and I had a lot going on and we had bought a house and stuff. So I wanted to be mindful of my own energetic capacity. Um, so I did in the beginning um, for very low, low cost for people that really needed it. And then I stopped. Um, I focused on the book. And right now what I'm doing is really creating this community. And uh, I will have uh, very exciting news soon and people can find out about it on my, on my website, but we're going to be creating this very big um, global community of the Osas all around the world. And 
this space for people to connect digitally, which is needed now more than ever because we don't have the, we're not meeting up in person as much. Eventually yeah. will, and you will still be able to find people that are local to you and, and just really have that community. So that's going to yeah. be my main focus right now. Wow. That's great. Yeah. What has been the biggest issue that you found for people like, well, I guess this might be a personal question, but having all the tools that you have, how have you been dealing with uh, 2020? Horribly, I feel. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, sorry to be Debbie Downer, but like. No, we I like mean, Debbie. Like, we like Debbie's I mean, on this show. I mean, it's just true. It's like, who knew and how, like, there's no guidebook for new things like this. Yeah. Like, there really isn't. Like, obviously, my tools have helped. I've gone to therapy. Like, I still, I, I do my own therapy. Um, like I said, I started EMDR, so I'm starting new things, right? Um, my spiritual support, I'm sober. So I would do my like 12 step groups digitally, uh, really connecting more to people as best as I can, even if it was digitally. And those were my like saving graces, right? Like those are the ways that I kept myself sane, but keeping myself sane doesn't mean that I'm like thriving, right? Like I was, I still felt like now I feel much better, but like, especially in the beginning, wow. I was like, so nervous um, so disoriented with like what to do and, and, uh, constantly at home just doesn't work for me. Newly married, like stuck in the house. Like my husband and I are both the same. We love to do things. We love to like flutter around like little butterflies and then like come back together. We were like, yay. I mean, just so we can all laugh together. I was like, yay, this is going to be so exciting. We come back from our honeymoon and then I'm going to go do a little book tour and we can like, I'll go there and you go to Colombia to go take beautiful photos and we come back and we meet each other in another country. Like this was what we liked. Instead, we came back, we bought a house and we were in lockdown 24-7. And for us, it just didn't really work for, that's not our personality. So like, it was really tough for me emotionally, I think spiritually and professionally, because I was confused as to what to do, how to pivot, you know, I'm used to making a certain amount of money. And so did my husband and like that changed. And of course we, right now we learned to pivot and thank God I already had a a digital community that I could pivot into my business as a, you know, as this entrepreneur in this world. And I was able to do that. But at first it was like, what do I do? I didn't want to, I was also very active in the activism that was going on with Black Lives Matter. So I was not feeling it. And when I don't feel it, there's certain levels to it. But when I'm really not feeling it, I feel like the world is calling me in a certain way. I listen. And I'm not one of those people that are like, oh no, like I have to still do my work. It's like, no, the work is also showing up for the world when it needs. And so for me, I kind of put everything on pause. Yeah, It was hard and frustrating. It doesn't mean that I didn't want to. It just was hard. And so I think that, you know, for all of us that are struggling with these changes, being very kind to ourselves and knowing, I think one of the biggest pieces that we, pieces of like peace that we can give ourselves is allowing ourselves to accept and acknowledge that these are some crazy times and that you're not alone and being very, very compassionate being like, wow, this is a lot, right? Like seeing babies with masks on and having Mm -hmm. to see, you know, having to constantly go outside and 
and feel scared to hug someone or touch someone or yeah. limiting contact and living in fear in that way, you know, let's be real. That's a lot. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at with it. And I, obviously now six months in or whatever it is, seven months, I feel much more grounded in accepting that this is where we are and doing my best to show up to yeah. what I need to do for myself and the world, but it doesn't make it normal for me. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm accepting it. I'm in acceptance yeah. of what it is. Yeah, no, that's a really great and optimistic way of looking at it. I, I feel the same way. I am such a, a physical, you know, touch, love language person, you know? So for me, like when I see people or, you know, for the longest time, you know, we didn't know what was going on and my mom has, uh, you know, pre-existing health conditions. So I couldn't see my mom. Like I remember I was so upset. I was like, I just want to see my mom. Like I want to, I want to hug my mother, you know? And it was, yeah, it was so weird. And even seeing my friends after that, like I couldn't, you know, I'm like, are we comfortable? Can we hug? Can we not? Like, are we, should we stay distant? But you know, I, I just resorted to getting COVID tests like every other week just to be able to like see my mom and be able to, you know, see a couple of my friends, you know? So yeah, it's definitely been an interesting traumatic. I mean, I mean, that's a great question. Like, what is the trauma going to look like for us in a year to two years? Like, I know we're living in it right now. We, don't, we can't even think about it. But how many people are going to be trauma to PTSD from this year? I think the key is I'm all about prevention, right? So I think that in the midst of massive change or world crisis, we need to get support, right? And get mental support, get emotional support, get spiritual support and find resources, regardless of what socioeconomic status, like there are resources that, um, you know, better help. I work with them as a, mm-hmm. a, a sponsor. I don't know what they call it, you know, collaboration. Yeah. And they offer scholarships to people that are in financial need as well. But having these sorts of, resources right now to prevent right having deeper experiences of trauma or PTSD is what I think is most important because right now we can still find those tools to process what we're living through so it doesn't stay in our nervous system so we're not avoiding dismissing numbing it because what's happening is is that a lot of people without those tools are resorting to old coping mechanisms right and also destructive coping mechanisms and what we want is to really make sure that if we are leaning towards that even if it's an emotional negative coping mechanism or old thoughts that were coming back i noticed that for me wasn't necessarily you know going to negative like drinking or anything like that but i still noticed there were old patterns coming in Mm. so you know getting that support and we're going to see that right depression isolation all of those things, um, drinking more. So if you're noticing any of those things, get support. That's my biggest advice. And, you know, I rather us focus on that right now than anticipating what it's going to look like. Cause right now we're still living through it. So we're going to, yeah. because we don't know when it's going to end really in the way that we're used to. Yeah. So let's all get support now to process what we're going through and to find certain things to really ground us. Like that can be, you know, right now, this is a very, really, really unstable time. But I know that if I eat well, if I, you know, make uh, better choices, exactly. At least I'm focusing on what I can do versus what I can't do. And that's, that's very empowering to do during these times of crisis. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think it's really important. I mean, I myself, I, I'm such a forward thinker, you know, like I, maybe that's why I have built a career in being present um, <laughs> because I'm constantly projecting like, what is this going to look like? How is this going to affect us? What is going to happen? And I, I really like that advice, you know, to just be in the experience and just do do the best that you can. Um what do you think is the most helpful tool you've given to your students, your clients, the people that you work with? Honestly, love. You know, it's, it's so funny because I remember doing my master's and we're talking about all these things. And my supervisor, Dr. Grace was her name. She said a very pivotal uh, a very key part of our healing process is the love that we give in that therapeutic room and it's something that's usually not spoken about and you know obviously therapy is a it's been colonized in many ways and written by mostly white men and so this kind of energy of this warmth or love or touch these are things that are very you know, um, at least in my culture, right, coming from a Puerto Rican background, these are like very medicinal kind of things that we've, we've known intuitively and that I consider therapy. And so really, the love that I give, the warmth that I give, and the space that I give people to feel that love and warmth reminds them of their worthiness, reminds them of their power. Yeah, oh, I love that. You have a chapter called uh, Cultivating Healthy Love in your book. Um, what what are three ways that we can do that in our own life? Well, first is looking at the places where we don't have, where we're, where we're not currently seeing healthy love, really getting honest about what's not working, I think is always a big motivator to know what we need to change. Cause sometimes we're so stuck in denial that we don't mm -hmm. know. So look at the relationships you have in your life. And I'm talking about all of them, right? Like your friendships. Is there someone that you feel like, uh, they have a more dominating personality than you. And so you close your voice more and don't communicate your needs with. Is there a romantic relationship where you feel like you are a little codependent and caring more about that person's needs instead of touching base with your heart and saying, this is my desire, right? This is what I feel safe with. Uh, looking at your family relationships and seeing where you feel uh, like you do the thing that's right for them, but maybe not for yourself. So first look at the ways in which there are currently some blocks or some spaces that are not really serving who you are right now, because we change. And that's important, who you are right now. And then second, look at one thing that you can do if you are in a healthy space to do so. This is not for those that are in a toxic or like abusive relationship but really for someone that it or maybe it's toxic but not abusive rather right mm -hmm. where you can talk to the person and say you know I've been reflecting and I noticed that um, I tend to not really tell you what I'm feeling because I feel that you're very assertive and I'm not as assertive but it hasn't really been feeling good for me and one thing that I'm doing for myself is I'm allowing myself to speak up this might not be perfect. It might come out a little messy but because I'm learning, but I hope you hear it with love. Um, I wanted to say that I actually wanted to tell you no the last time when we, you know, when we wanted to go to this place and I actually wanted to give a recommendation for another place, hmm. but I got stuck. And yeah, or like giving a specific example. 
Exactly. Yeah, I like that. And so complimenting. So you start off with a compliment in the beginning. So kind of say like, I really appreciate, you know, our friendship or I appreciate this and then put in your request for what it is you actually want. So I would love to ask for this the next time if I can actually be given the space or maybe you asked me, you know, where would you want to go sometimes? And then saying a compliment at the end, just saying, thank you for listening to me. I really appreciate these kinds of dialogues. But this is a really great way to start setting boundaries, to start asking for your needs. And then lastly, setting your standards, like really set your non-negotiable. Like if Mm. you don't ever want to be, you know, in a relationship again, where you were called a name, for example, or something that's like, this is my non-negotiable. This is my standard as a diosa. I want to make sure that we set the standard and knowing that if anyone does that, that A, it doesn't suit your life anymore, who you're trying to be, either A, you remove them from your life or B, you have a very serious conversation that sets that boundary. It's like, this is nothing, this is not allowed in my realm, right? And so in this way, we become advocates for ourselves and our Mm -hmm. higher self and say, this is what I allow. This is what I don't allow, right? And so this is important for us as women, as people, we need to have healthier boundaries that, that really allow us to have nourishing relationships. Oh, I love that so much. That's so good. I'm going to have to re-listen to this and just like repeat those things like a mantra. What is your hope for the rest of the year? Right now it's September. Um, your book just came out like not that long ago. We're, we're you know celebrating so many incredible things. We're also on high alert with so many other things. So what, um, what, what advice can you give us for the rest of the year and what are you looking forward to the most? My advice for the rest of the year would be if you haven't already, definitely get or sign up for something that can support you. I think that we need that now more than ever, for sure. Um, if you've been wanting to do EMDR, sign up for it, right? Like for anyone listening, if you've not, never been in therapy, you've never signed up for a group support or any kind of community, spiritual stuff, do it for yourself. Um, find out about scholarships if you need it, et cetera. Um, And then my second thing, what I'm personally looking forward to is allowing myself to appreciate how far I've come. And I've talked about this recently in a lot of podcasts where I am really good at shadow work. I've done it my whole life. I had to be good at it. I am an expert at holding space for people's dark parts and for allowing them to love those parts. The next journey for me is allowing myself to really look at the magic that I've created. You know, my, my wonderful partner, my, you know, my husband, my, my dog, my life. And instead of being on high alert, like we are in the world, which is how I am sometimes in my personal Mm -hmm. life, even though I have all the things, I'm still like, you know, shadow work Christine and giving myself the space to be like, girl, there's nothing wrong right now. You can chill. And like, this is something that constantly (laughs) husband is telling me right like you get to have this experience of joy and you get to chill because you're safe and so this is my personal thing that i'm excited for is letting myself enjoy that peace enjoy that bliss and and sink into it deeper in my body Mm. i love that well christine you are incredible thank you so much for the work that you do i am just so happy that we got to do this i think it's the first of many uh many times that we get to talk and um where can people go for more information where can they go to get the book yeah you can go to www.imdiosabook.com 
And then for all the other things and to find out when I release the Diosa community, you can go to my website, christineg.tv. And I'm most active on Instagram at Cosmic Christine. Great. And so those links will be on the show notes of this particular podcast. Either you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to whatever platform you're listening to. Those links will be in the info button. So you can go ahead and follow Christine there. Tell her what you thought about the book or this conversation. If you have any questions for her, I'm sure she would love to answer them. Um, so Christine, for everybody that's been on the show, I always ask the same question. You know, I, I started Radically Loved as a way to create a community to practice the ethos that we are radically loved and supported by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding, the universe works for us and not against us. And so the question for you is, how do you feel radically loved? Oh my gosh, so much. Like, I feel like it's, it, I always say spirit shows off, like spirit be showing off. I'm like, damn spirit, you be showing off, right? Like always <laughs> guiding me to everything that I always wanted and needed because of, because of the work and also because of listening to, to my soul voice. And so in every area of my life, I feel radically loved right now. My friendships, my marriage, my family, um, my community that has been so badass and just supporting me so much with this book and everything. So I feel very radically loved. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the work that you are doing for the book, for the people that want to see this on YouTube. I mean, like the co this whole cover. Yes. Yay. Yes. It's so, um, it's incredible. And again, it's called I Am Diosa, a journey to healing deep, loving yourself and coming back home to your soul. So definitely check it out. Um, thank you again, Christine, so much for being here. And thank you all for listening. Um, we can't wait to hear what you thought. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.